This is what we stream a only ref episode. And I'll be talking about Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. So the movie just recently came out on streaming on HBO Max. Uh, it was released in theaters a bit earlier this year. Uh, but as you probably know, what we stream is all about streaming. So uh, now that we can actually stream it, I'm going to talk about it now. So uh, I think the, the main question I had going into this was, number one, was it better than The Crimes of Grindelwald? Which I think yes. And does it actually tie up some loose ends that were uh, left at the end of uh, The Crimes of Grindelwald a movie? That was uh, the second movie in the Fantastic Beasts uh, movies. And I guess, like, in general, I'm just wondering, is this kind of a redemption of sorts? Because the Crimes of Grindelwald was not very well received at the time, but now that I'm actually looking at the ratings on IMDb, and many people rate the Crimes of Grindelwald as being better, so it's a 6.5 stars out of 10, um, and The Secrets of Dumbledore is 6.3 out of 10. And also, I mean, the number of people who have actually given their, like, rated this movie on IMDb, like, uh, Crimes of Grindel uh, Grindelwald got 271,000 reviews, or, you know, rates, and, uh, The Secrets of Dumbledore only got 79, so that's less than 100k. That's pretty staggering now that I look at it, because I actually enjoyed The Secrets of Dumbledore way more, um, I actually watched The Crime of, Crimes of Grindelwald uh, after seeing The Secrets of Dumbledore just to see, you know, I think in hindsight I saw movie two, uh, you know, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Uh, I think my memories of the movie were worse than what the actual movie felt like now that I see it and I know what happens after this. I think one of the main problems I had was uh, Queenie's, you know, uh, motivations behind joining Grindelwald uh, and also sort of like that big uh, info dump near the end of the movie where uh, for some reason, instead of weaving kind of like s several story points to make us understand things like as the movie goes along we're sort of kept in the dark until like last 15 minutes big info dump uh so i think that was a problem in writing and i think warner brothers has sort of uh taken measures to maybe rectify that or maybe just make the movie feel more like a movie instead of a novel. I, I felt like Crimes of Grindelwald felt more like something that would have been written as a novel. And I mean, obviously, the, the script was written by J.K. Rowling. Um, and this third movie in the Fantastic Beasts collection of movies was co-written, or I'm not sure what the workflow was but uh, they actually invited the writer of all of the Harry the writer of all the screenplays of the Harry Potter movies uh, Steve Cloves so I'm guessing that he put in some of his let's say uh, expertise in screen writing to this script and just to make things a bit more even and more 
cinematic. Uh, and uh, so this movie, we have Eddie Redmayne is back as Newt's commander. Jude Law is back as Albus Dumbledore. Obviously the big, uh, you know, casting change was uh, they removed Johnny Depp for reasons I, I won't get into and uh, replaced him with Danish actor Mads Mikkelsen, who you may have seen in uh, one of, in Rogue One and uh, more famously as Hannibal in the Hannibal TV series. Uh, other actors coming back are uh, Dan Fogler as Jacob Kowalski, Ezra Miller as Creedence Sparebone, or by the, you know, I won't spoil his other name, but people still call him Credence. Uh, we've got Alison Sudol back as Queenie, we mentioned already. Uh, Catherine Waterston is in the movie, but she doesn't appear for most of the movie. Let's say 90% of the movie, she's not there. So let's get into sort of uh, how does Mad Mickelson you know, rate versus Johnny Depp's performance. I have to say Mads Mikkelsen is a huge improvement, I think, to the character. He brings more subtlety to the character than Johnny Depp did. Uh, Johnny Depp felt like he was auditioning for the Tim Burton-directed version of this movie uh, or of these movies. It, it felt very much like over-the-top. Um, and Mads Mikkelsen brings a kind of quiet, uh, danger and menace to the role it's like something that i heard on another podcast or another reviewer says uh it felt when you actually see jude law's dumbledore and matt mads uh, mickelson's uh, grindelwald together it's sort of you can really imagine them being you know in a relationship before like when they were younger like there there seems to be like uh, I feel like Mads Mikkelsen brings more nuance to the character, and when there are moments when you generally feel like he's warming up to people, but it's all an act, or it's all like, you know, you can tell that he's a cold-hearted killer after the fact, and you're like, okay, this guy's really scary. And it's also like, I buy him more as like someone that people would want to follow. You know, it's like, um, uh, he's more charismatic. Okay, but I'm done with my uh, Mads Mikkelsen, uh, you know, fan, you know, fan <laughs> rant, but, uh, I really, I think they, I don't know if Mads Mikkelsen was in the running for the first two movies, uh, the first Fantastic Beasts movies, but I think he should have gotten the role, hands down, um, and that's nothing to do with, you know, uh, whatever is happening in the tabloids or, you know, uh, in real life, I think his portrayal is more connected to what I imagine Grindelwald being. Because, like, you know, if if you read the the books, uh, you sort of imagine, and and even in the last, let's say, uh, Harry Potter movies, or was it, you know, the Deathly Hallows Part One or Part Two, when you sort of see a flashback of him being young, when of Gellert uh, Grindelwald when he's young, or. Uh, when you see him as an old man in a prison, it's like I imagine, you know, Mads Mikkelsen more. So, you know, moving on, uh, I think a lot of people criticized this movie for the first third of the movie, or let's say maybe the first half. 
because there's a lot of I think it kind of feels like what the Rise of Skywalker tried to do after the Last Jedi. Like you know, I think they tried to rectify a few things or just you know, there. Let's say the info dump was not at the end, but more at the beginning, I guess. And there's a lot of exposition. There's a lot of, uh, but I think I actually had fun with those parts. Uh, you know, maybe not the exposition parts, but just the parts where you meet uh, new characters. Like um, there's this, uh, I can't remember the name of the character, but uh, yeah, so Jessica Williams is in this movie. She's not just a portrait in a book. She is an actual person. And uh, she plays, I think she, her name is uh, Professor Hicks. Uh, and she's a uh, teacher at the American Wizarding School that I can't remember the name of. But um, I think I really liked her character. It was a lot of fun. Um, again, uh, it's sort of, uh, I think, something else that I agree with in terms of the criticisms of this whole uh, let's say collection of movies is that I think a lot of people expected it to just be the Newt Scamander story and let's say the first movie was kind of the Newt Scamander story and then it devolved into oh it's actually like a Dumbledore uh, collection of stories and uh, or or it's just like the Dumbledore versus Grindelwald uh, collection of movies which you know now down like three movies down um, it's sort of like maybe you should n stop calling them the Fantastic Beasts movies and just be like, you know, this is like Wizarding World stories or something like that. Um, but uh, something that I think was really cool is, you know, you get to see Dumbledore a bit more and, uh, you know, getting into that <laughs> topic of, oh, it's not about Newt's Commander, it's more about Dumbledore now. But, you know, hey, I, I really love uh, Jude Law as Dumbledore. Uh, and uh, I think uh, we get to explore more of his relationship with his brother, Aberforth, uh, played by uh, Richard Coyle. And, uh, you know, and we get to realize or find out more about who Credence actually is, you know, as Miller's character. And, uh, you know, it, it's kind of, it's one of those things where it's, it's an imperfect movie, but that's because it's kind of an imperfect collection of movies. You know, I think it's hard to have one perfect movie in a uh, trilogy or a, uh, or a just collection of movies that I think a lot of people feel, feel a bit lukewarm about. Um, you know, I think I keep going back to the Star Wars movies, but it's sort of like uh, the sequel trilogy, a lot of, or even the, the prequel trilogy, uh, I think a lot of people see them as imperfect movies. Um, I mean, I see them as sort of, uh, not perfect, but I mean, uh, I think, uh, you know, talking about the, the sequel trilogy of Star Wars movies, whether you preferred The Force Awakens or, uh, the Last Jedi, I think most people agree that The Rise of Skywalker was a bit of a mess. And um, so it's like, if you thought, I think a lot of people didn't like Episode 7, 
So then when episode eight came out, some people were like, oh, I really love that. And a lot of people hated it. And a lot of people love episode seven. A lot of people hate it as well. So like, there's no way to have like an episode nine that's perfect. And I think it's kind of the same thing with Fantastic Beasts. I think the first Fantastic Beasts movie was something that most people enjoyed, but I don't think they... Uh, I don't think most people just like went crazy for it the same way they like people just like went crazy for Harry Potter. I mean, of course, Harry Potter had the books to start all that fandom. Uh, I was a part of that fandom <laughs> and still am. And uh, it's sort of like, um, uh, I think it's harder for, for uh, people who may have been disappointed uh, with uh, the Crimes of Grindelwald, or even just the first movie to come to this movie, but I really, uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend that people see this. Uh, by far, it's not a perfect movie. I think if you can get past some of the filmmaking faux pas, and you know, uh, and I still think the filmmaking is better in this one than in Crimes of Grindelwald, uh, just because that last quarter of Crimes of Grindelwald is just like. Um, for lack of a better word, uh, shitty. Uh, but I think it's, it's just because it's a mess and kind of lazy the way they told that part at the end. And you're like, um, you know, it. it's one, like, there are a lot of movies where, yeah, you want to work, at, you know, you want the audience to think and wonder and work with the story in their head before, let's say, the final reveal comes up. But they didn't give us any real, you know, breadcrumbs. And uh, to to sort of, like, I think if you have a mystery in a movie, you should be able to figure it out, even though it's hard. And if not, like, by the end, when you realize what the whole thing is about, you should be, oh, I should have thought of that, you know. But I, I feel like the whole mystery at the end of The Crimes of Grindelwald was who is Credence, and uh, what was uh, Leader Strange afraid of in that, you know, school uh, class, uh, you know, when she's, uh, uh, when you have those flashbacks at Hogwarts and she's, you know, they have a bogart and she's scared of a floating kind of thing in the water. And you, by the end of the movie, you realize, oh, actually, it was like a baby drowning in the ocean in a uh, sheet or a blanket of some sort. And, uh, but it's like, oh yeah, okay, now I see. But it's sort of, it, it was very convoluted, and it's sort of like, um, for all of you guys who've seen uh, Bad Omens, uh, the Amazon Prime original TV show based on the Neil Gaiman and some other author, I can't remember, like on on that book that they wrote, uh, they have a whole scene where they substitute a baby with the with another baby uh or they they substitute the antichrist with a human baby and it's a whole kind of they have a whole let's say 10 minute uh story around that and let's say you have and at the end of the crimes of grindelwald that's sort of just like you know, they don't say who's who. They don't, you know, it's sort of like, oh, well, Lita Strange had this uh, baby brother and she switched it with another baby. And then the other baby just happened to be a Dumbledore that was also riding on the same boat. And it's very like, you know, let's put the plot first instead of the characters uh, kind of thing. 
And um, it it's one of those moments where I think they really missed cool like opportunities to kind of tell the story. I I'm not really sure how to make that better. Uh, I can't really say how to make that whole convoluted situation better. Maybe they should have just not had the whole baby substitution thing. And, uh, you know, I'm griping. But let's move on to the secrets of Dumbledore again. And just, I think that the, the story makes more sense. It's easier to follow. I think it's probably helpful. It was probably helpful to have Steve Close on board. And, I mean, David Yates is still the director. He's been the Harry Potter de facto Wizarding World uh, movie director for years, uh, I think since, um, uh, I think it was Order of the Phoenix or something. And uh, one of the later Harry Potter movies. So I think, like, the the whole kind of... I'll, I'll talk more about uh the the world building in secrets of dumbledore i think we we get to learn a bit more about how the wizarding world works there's like a supreme you know leader that they have and it's sort of like an international system i'm guessing because there aren't that many wizards compared to muggles or you know uh, nomadges or whatever you want to call them uh i guess like us in the real world um so it sort of makes sense that maybe all these wizarding communities would band together under one sort of like main leader who would just give the agenda for the whole world of uh, the whole wizarding world. And I thought that was interesting. Uh, I think the, 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 that's where the whole plot of the movie comes in is, is that Grindelwald wants to become that supreme leader, but he can't because he's being, you know, uh, pursued for crimes against uh, muggle-borns and, or muggles and uh uh so it's it's kind of a cool political plot aspect thing and it has to do with a magic horse uh it's it's kind of that that's the part of the story where he kind of gets convoluted it's like oh we need a magic horse that can or a magic calf that can uh tell whether someone's heart is pure and uh, that's how they choose the the wizarding leader and the whole movie is about how Grindelwald is trying to, you know, uh, get his own calf and kind of, um, you know, uh, corrupt it in some way and make it kneel before him so that everyone thinks he has pure intentions um, and that he's pure of heart, which obviously he isn't. And, uh, you know, it's sort of, I think once you get past that sort of, slightly convoluted election system that they have in the wizarding world uh that's when you can really just enjoy the movie and enjoy the this kind of heist it, uh plot that they're that they're going through it sort of feels like an ocean's 11 but with dumbledore um and uh i think that was a part of the movie that everyone or most of the reviewers i've heard enjoyed uh, which is more like the latter half of the movie but the first half is sort of like, uh, I guess, the normal thing of a heist movie, you know, like you assemble the team, right? So uh, in that way, you know, they're, they kind of catch you up to what's going on. There are plots, there are subplots, there are little plans. Like the whole point of the movie is to confuse Grindelwald because he has foresight or something or he can see flashes of the future. So the only way to win is to do so many random things that he doesn't really know what's going to happen. 
And uh, I thought that was a really fun, cool, uh, smart, you know, concept that kind of reminded me of like the original Harry Potter books and how you had these clever, you know, little ways of uh, beating the bad guy or, uh, you know, like there are these twists, uh, let's say, in, like in the, uh, what was it, like the Sorcerer's Stone like they have these, uh, you know, you have to get through the vines and then there's like a chessboard and, you know, there are just like clever ways that magic can be used. And, um, you know, and that, that was enjoyable. And uh, I think Newt's Commander uh, is uh, sort of more of a passenger in this story. Like he doesn't feel like um, the protagonist. It really feels like, I think, uh, you know, uh, Jacob Kowalski, played by Dan Fogler, is more of a protagonist than Eddie Redmayne's character is. And I think, well, the, the main protagonist, as in the title, is, you know, the title being a clue, is Dumbledore. And uh, you get to see a lot more Dumbledore, and it's really like Dumbledore versus, um, uh, you know, Grindelwald, and how they use their teams or soldiers or minions... Uh, if you prefer, uh, in this battle against good and evil. And, um, I thought that I had a lot of, I had a lot of fun watching that. And, uh, we get to see, like, there's a somewhat happy, happier ending in this movie than in Crimes of Grindelwald. And, uh, some characters such as Queenie, like, you'd never really figure out why she really left i always thought that maybe she had this you know since she can read minds uh there was like a secret plan with her sister who's like an auror and uh, like she would infiltrate the the you know uh, grindelwald's team or something but it just seemed like she joined them out of desperation and then realized that oh you know this guy's a psycho and then she, at the end of the, by the end of the movie, after everything that happens, she leaves and goes back to Jacob uh, Kowalski, and they're back together, and uh, you know, heartwarming, and it's great. Um, and um, um, it's sort of like they, I think they played it like you know she was seduced by a cult leader, being Grindelwald, and that's how she went there instead of sort of i think since she can read minds i don't know if he has like special powers to counteract the mind reading because i mean that there is a whole part of the harry potter movies where harry tries to learn how to fight uh legitimacy or the someone who's a legitimate or someone who can read minds or read thoughts and uh, because uh, voldemort was a strong um you know mind reader so maybe he's very well versed in that and those techniques since he since he's a powerful wizard and that's why maybe she couldn't read everything but it seems like she's a exceptionally gifted mind reader so to me it was always kind of confusing like if she can read his thoughts like why would she join him but you know i just answered my own question maybe he he's a good like uh he's good at navigating strong uh mind readers but they never explain that in the movie. They never really know, or any of the movies. You never really know whether, you know, she read his thoughts and was like, okay, fine, you know, I know he's crazy, but, like, uh, I'm, I'm sad and, you know, uh, Jacob doesn't want to marry me, so I'm going to go with this guy. Uh, 
and it's kind of a kind of I thought it was a huge disservice to Queenie's character and that was one of the things that I think they sort of went the rise of Skywalker where where it's like oh you know when uh, Kylo Ren destroyed his helmet and was like don't look at the past yeah we we forgot all about that he stuck his helmet back together and he actually likes the past and, and stuff and this is sort of like well she left whatever but she really regrets it now and she wants to go back home and um you know i think having her and with the gallard grindelwald i'm really having a hard time saying it grindelwald crowd uh and she gets to warm up to credence because she can read his minds and how broken he is and how sad and alone he feels because he doesn't know who his real family is or he he knows that he's a um dumbledore by the end of the crimes of grindelwald but you know uh he thinks he's he was abandoned and that's and we sort of realize that that wasn't really the case but i won't say more about that um you know imperfect movie again i think more enjoyable than the crimes of grindelwald personally i Personally, I don't know why people... I think the only reason uh, this got a 6.3 out of 10 instead of the uh, 6.5 that Crimes of Grindelwald got is because so many people didn't see this movie. Probably because they were disappointed by uh, the Crimes of Grindelwald. So, you know, it's on HBO Max. If you have HBO Max, uh, you know, give it a stream. And uh, I think you can rent it on you know, uh, Apple and uh, Amazon Prime probably can probably rent that, or Amazon Video, I guess it's called. So I hope that you enjoyed this uh, rant slash discussion slash review of the uh, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. I think uh, we will be back, uh, Michael and I, we will be back together to record another review and so you guys can hear our funny banter and uh, not have to just listen to me talk alone for 20 minutes. So thank you for listening and peace.